You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, I hope, as always, and it seems weird now, we keep saying this, um, coffee was a little better, bagel was a little bit better, breakfast sandwich, whatever it may be. Victory Monday. Uh, the guy's kind of enjoying the feeling, uh, especially after a four-day weekend. Certainly got to uh, you know make things a little bit easier. Uh, who are we kidding? No, it's still Monday in some effect, and it stinks. But we're going to sit down. We're going to talk some PFF grades, uh, talk, you know, break down yesterday's action a little bit. We'll do that through the first couple of segments. We'll, you know, get to the third segment and start turning the page as, you know, this is, you know, coming up Sunday here at Tennessee. Uh, this is a big one. Uh, look, it's a big one for many reasons, but it, you, you had this three-game winning streak. Uh, you know, Mother Nature was kind to you in some of these victories. Uh, you had an inferior opponent yesterday. But it's time. You know, look, you're not going to avoid these big games forever. Uh, it's nice to go into it with a five-game over 500 advantage for where you are right now. But, uh, you know, get to be put up or shut up time for, you know, how far this regular season can go for your Cleveland Browns. So uh, today's episode brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Obviously, watching this season is limited as far as who you're sitting with, things like that. But look, I'm just thankful we got NFL games to watch, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Hell, I mean, my daughter, uh, she may graduate eighth grade in June before we finally get to see this Raven-Steelers game. But it is what it is. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power you through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching like i said we're gonna go through pff grades here we're gonna go break down yesterday's action good friend of the show good friend in general mr john costco uh john look i keep saying this to you and i I just can't get this for a fan base that has just wanted to be successful for so stinking long there i mean it's to the point now where you know runway models are throwing themselves at you. And some people are saying, look, I'm not a big fan of, you know, the outfits she's wearing. So sorry, I'm not going to take this one. The over criticism of winning games. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Well, she's a little bit too tall. I mean, guys, it's eight and three. Go ahead, John. Uh, uh, Blow it all up. Start over from scratch. It's not pretty enough. We need, we need to be winning a certain way that you guys want to win. Yeah. It's it's the NFL, and I don't know if you watch other games, but a lot of games aren't pretty when that are won. Um, you, it's not going to look like. I mean, even look like the Chiefs yesterday, yesterday. They came out to a roaring start, seventeen nothing. Patrick Mahomes is lighting the world on fire. Tyree Kill is lighting the world on fire. That game ended up a three point game um, because it was ugly, and it's no, nothing is easy in this league. So. Uh, you know, you, you take wins in any way, shape, or form that you can get them. And, you know, the, the Browns, while the game should have been put away they, with a, you know, the fourth down sack, you have helmet to helmet hit, right? Whatever, that game's over. If you don't have the helmet to helmet hit, you still get the touchdown. Same thing with the week before. You know, they were up 22-10. The game was solidly put away. They gave up a, a you know, basically a garbage time touchdown to Carson Wentz. Looks ugly. It was game was ugly with the weather and everything like that. Um, you know, and, and you have to rely on, on you know, the offense to run out the clock at the end of the game and against the against the Jaguars. And they did. And you have this strong running game to be able to do that, and they did that. 
Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's they were down multiple starters in the secondary. Miles Garrett again not playing. Uh, Wyatt Teller's you know was coming off and his his reaggravating his calf. Um, you know, and, and Jarvis Landry had a career, basically almost a career day type day yesterday um, in a in a career where he's had a lot of really good games. So I don't know what more you kind of want from a team that was decimated by injury um, to just come out with a victory. And they came out with a victory, um, and you move on to the Tennessee Titans, who are a very formidable opponent coming up. Uh, I mean, the biggest issue yesterday would have been if you had everybody. And somehow you lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not that you scraped up the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, and this was kind of like, look, I, you, you didn't have, uh, you know, a Phillips head screwdriver. You only had a flathead. But look, somehow, some way, you got the stinking job done at the end of the day. And that's Listen, what it should have, be about. You have Robert Jackson playing significant snaps in the secondary. You know, does anybody who, know who Robert Jackson is? Like, I guarantee you, most of you guys aren't going to be able to figure that I'm out. But he's a legend. He's, I mean, the thing is, like, he's a special teams guy. He's a, he's not a guy that you're you're gonna have, want to ever have to rely on. And he was he played six snaps in the game yesterday. You know, Tavier Thomas, another another type, same type of guy that you yep. don't want to have to rely on in the secondary. He you had to rely on him. MJ Stewart, another guy that hasn't seen hardly any significant number of snaps in the game, thirty snaps yesterday. So it's you 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 got by with a win when you didn't have. You had basically, you had, you had, I mean, even Kevin Johnson was hurt for a large chunk of that game yesterday. So you had a decimated secondary and you still were able to come out of there with a, with a win and essentially should have been able to, to close it up sooner. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it wasn't pretty of course, but it's, it's a win is a win. And you're now eight and three in the driver's seat to get into the playoffs because other teams lost yesterday that you want them to lose. Like that's, that's the main, main thing. Like I don't care if it was ugly or not. You lost to the Raiders earlier season, but they've now lost two straight and are not no longer in control of their destiny. And got smoked by the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball here though. Um, and, I, I never really had the feeling that this game was going to end up as a Browns loss. Um, and even after the Harrison Bryant fumble and, and it got a little tight, but it was like, well, to the point now where they've got the running game and the passing game almost working in unison, working in sync. So you knew the yards were going to come, drives were going to come, obviously you know, a little bit of stalling here and there in the red zone. Uh, but you, you go to Jarvis Landry and look, yes, I understand. And, you know, fifth cornerback, sixth cornerback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but this is what you're supposed to do. Um, and then you get to, you know, the, the running game. And I think the coolest thing about this running game is, and it, we have these weeks where it's slow to begin with. They either break out early or it's slow to begin with. And it's almost like the anything you can do, I can do better mentality between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And it's good because, look, these guys are definitely with each other. One sees one break one. The other one's just sitting there foaming at the mouth like, all right, Give me my opportunity. And what we had the one where what Nick went 30 yards. Uh, Kareem got it a couple of plays later. You know, he took it out, you know, 29, 30 himself. Um, and, and Jarvis just, you know, I don't know if it was feeling better. And, you know, maybe, maybe too much was asked of him early in the year. So maybe he's starting to feel a little bit better. Um, but, you know, you started to see more of the separation. And, you know, look, we all understand that Jarvis is not a world class athlete at the wide receiver position. He wins more with footwork timing and intellect than he does with just general athleticism. 
But if you can start to get that into the mix, and of course, with what you have at the tight end position, this is the key to all of this, uh, along with, I mean, I can't even describe it um, because normally it's just not my cup of tea, so to speak. But watching this offensive line, John, it's really, really damn fun. Yeah, so um, Jarvis Landry was our offensive player of the week of the uh, the NFL. Um, And then we got that over Tyree Kill. Um, mainly because on his, his, I know Tiger Kill had, you know, was flirting with an all-time record and stuff like that, but he really kind of did slow down in the second half. It was mostly all in one quarter type of play. So you're looking at a per, you know, if you look at a, an efficiency basis on a per route run, um, he had he put up the most yards per route run of any single game this season by a wide receiver at 6.81. Um, you know, and, that, and, for, and for him, that's a massive improvement over any other game he's had been able to do this season, which is 4.4 yards more than his next best that he had. So, uh, you know, they, they Mayfield and Landry had could have had a, even a better game if had Baker not thrown away some like just missed on some guineas, um, where then he was really nailing on, on a bunch of other really tight window throws. So. It was a weird game for Baker Mayfield, but you know, talk about the, the running backs for them. Uh, Nick Nick Chubb had his best game of the year uh, by by a long shot, but most efficient game because he was he was getting those efficient plays on a on a per run basis versus not just getting you know three two one three boom there's a there's a thirty yarder and then it's back to down to the to the nothing games. If you can be a, if you can do what he did yesterday, which is constantly churning out you know four plus five plus yard runs and then also still breaking these 10 10 to 20 yard runs out while uh, just churning out yards after contact that is what's devastating to a defense because because you it, you can you can deal with the one one breakout here or there but you if you they keep just if he's able to just run it down your throats and get in these chunk yards of just five to ten yards that's that's what is demoralizing to a defense uh, Kareem Hunt was able to do the same thing. Obviously, he's at, he averaged 6.2 yards per carry in this game, uh, 5.2 after contact. So he was he was really churning them after first contact. Um, and watch it, you know, being able to spell those two, switch those guys in, interchange them is a huge luxury for the Cleveland Browns because you you talk about uh, a Derrick Henry type player who seemingly always gets better in this fourth quarter and and just is just trucking over people. That's essentially what the Browns have, but with fresher legs with both these guys, because they're not being, they're not getting worn down early on in the game. Um, and that's just, dev- that's really devastating to defenses. And then, yeah, watching this the offensive line work and two phantom hold calls against JC Treader, um, you know, in, in the run game, uh, they, they're extremely well coached. And I think that's what you, you know, what the Browns fans have been clamoring for, for decades. It's just, we want a coach to be able to utilize the talents of our, our players and also to be able to coach them and develop them. And I think that you're, you're going to be in really good hands with Bill Callahan as the offensive line coach and, you know, Kevin Savancy running the show. Cause um, it is, it is a beauty thing, beauty to watch these guys move in space, just this timing and the, and the sync, you know, synchronizing that they have with each other to break open these holes um, and to also to, to, you know, to when to come off these double teams and when when to uh, hold on to them, it, it's it's a it's a beauty to really watch. Well, and the thing that I I like is I think because with the running backs and look, this is both of their styles. 
But when you have these offensive linemen giving you 10 yards, 12 yards before you're seeing a defender, yeah, you guess what? If I got to get dirty after three yards and I got to fight through some contact to pick up some extra yards, um, it's kind of like the give and the take for the fact that these guys are giving me, you know, like literally there's, I mean, there's going to be games where each one of these guys can get a hundred yards, maybe on six carries and go untouched 15, 16 yards before they see anybody. So it's the, Hey, I now I've got to do a little bit of the dirty work and I'll fight a little bit for extra yards here. Cause this is all this play schematically drew up to be um, John Baker Mayfield. Um, talking about quarterbacks graded over the last five weeks. And it's kind of funny, right around the time where we had John Costco on, and I'm, John messaged me and just said, uh, I'm going to have some harsh words for number six. But look, anyway, you slice it. Look, through three games of terrible weather, yesterday where all of a sudden now you're in <laughs> like the dream scenario weather-wise. And look, there were balls that were missed. And we understand, and this is the thing that comes with the quarterback position. You're going to be critiqued like any other. Uh, yeah, did he miss a couple of passes? Sure. But with the way he's played over the last, I guess it's about five weeks now, the fact it is he has not turned the ball over via interception in 123 passes. This is good enough for what everything else is going on with the Stefanski offense. If you had a defense that – had its top defensive end yesterday, probably its top linebacker, probably its top cornerback, probably its top safety for more than one snap. This is good enough. So, so yes, I think you you want to look at what's. I think what's good enough is that you know once OBJ basically quarters two through four in the Bengals game. That's that's what I find is ideal. You know where he's grading out at his ninety six point seven, whatever it was. That I think is ideal, but nobody can play at that type of level on a consistent basis. Like I think that's, I think that's like what people expect to happen, and that is not that is a wildly unrealistic expectation for a quarterback. So over the past, you know, five games for Baker, his grade is an eighty five point three, um, and. That includes three weather games that were on an average grading level in the, uh, you know, around 70. So he has that 91 against the Bengals, and he's got an 80, an 80, what is it, an 82 yesterday um, against against the Jaguars. And it would have been better had he hit those throws that he missed on. There were a lot of gimme throws that you're just – everybody looks in it, and it, it's they're maddening. I think that the perfect word for his game yesterday was maddening because it could have been so much better because there were also throws in there that were – how did he hit that? Because the window was so dang close, tight, you know, just tight with the, with the defender being all over it. Um, and you want to be able to hit those gimmies. I think the gimmies are the thing that Baker has always struggled with in his in his game. When you talk about he's always going for the the tougher throw, um, and I think you've seen progress in terms of the past five games of being able to find those easier throws most of the time. Um, but he still has. Like he, he's got to he's got to clean that up for sure because I think I think the the misses are are maddening and you want to be if, if you want to be able to beat the best you have to be able to hit those throws um, and you know I, I think this jury's still out on on, on Baker because you talk about the five teams that he's beat are all relatively bad defenses so it's not like he's had a murderer's row of defenses here with with these guys and uh, but I mean it, it's encouraging play from him from the past five games where his you know, 
clean clean from pressure. He's he's up in the 92 grade range, which is what you want to see when you're clean from pressure. Which I think this this stretch, I'd have to I didn't look at it and I should have, but I think this stretch is a better is he's playing better than he had in his his rookie year in that second half of the season. So um, you know, it's a five games small sample size, but progress is good. And wins are good. Um, and it's weird. And the funniest thing is, is like, it seems like he's so much cleaner as far as footwork and release on difficult balls than he is on gimmies. Like the Higgins one. And look, you know, a little of that is on Higgins. Um, as a wide receiver, you, you know, you never, I mean, just run the route, go to the post. And he didn't, he kind of shuttled down, which kind of made his footwork awkward and limited on the jump. Um we got more to get to here, and we're going to do that. We'll get to a little bit to the defensive side of the ball. Look, we could have done this offense here for an entire episode, uh, but we certainly got more to do here. And always appreciate having John Costco on here as we do our recap, uh, you know, under the PFF lens. And obviously, we talk about John some football thoughts here as well. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1%. Of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. For me, look, Sunday, look, I mean, it's fun. Browns win. Then you get to watch Patrick Mahomes just be a god and Tyree kill. And I was really thinking about Flipper Anderson's record of 336 receiving yards yesterday. And I can't believe they actually didn't go for it. But, hey, it's another thing. But Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power you through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. Again, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to footballwatching.com to see the latest football watching content from Pepsi. John, the defensive side of the ball, like I had mentioned, you were without. Miles Garrett, your best player on defense. You were without Denzel Ward, if you want to argue your second player on defense. Ronnie Harrison played one snap. Sione Takitaki, after the best game of his NFL career, you were missing him. Again, look, this is what you strive for when you have a deep roster, which we can finally talk about this team and say that as opposed to, oh, good Lord, one guy's out of a certain positional group. It's all over. You're now missing your top wide receiver. Uh, defense, you have holes everywhere, whether it's injury-related, whether it's COVID-related. And, you know, for anybody that wanted to be upset about, you know, how difficult it was for the Browns yesterday, take a look at where the Ravens are right now. Uh, I mean, literally take a look at where the Baltimore Ravens are. They have, like, nothing. Take a look at what the Denver Broncos had to go through yesterday. So, I mean, yes, you know, things may be a little bit difficult for the Cleveland Browns, but not compared to, you know, what some other teams are going through right now, whether it is due to their own fault or not. You know, obviously 2020, it's going to 2020. That's just the way it goes. But you know, I think, John, for me, the biggest surprise for me yesterday was the way this defensive line had played against the Philadelphia Eagles. And other than, you know, basically the helmet to helmet and Vernon had another shot and he actually played pretty well. I really thought with Mike Glennon, who's, you know, basically a glorified Statue of Liberty, I really thought they were going to be able to get after him a little bit more. Yeah, so um, they had a good scheme and that, you know, I said last week that the Jaguars' offensive line was was better than you thought, um, and I know they've had they have a couple injuries there too. But at, that offensive line is a pretty solid unit. So, 
you know, and, and this this defensive line for the Browns hadn't played very well all year long, other than Miles Garrett. And then last week they kind of, you know, Ver, Livy Vernon really kind of took over. Um, you had some good good performances there, right? But Vernon came showed up again this week. He has the highest graded defender on the Browns defense at eighty two point six. Um, he had, you know, if, it, if it, he would have had a sack. Uh, other than that, he did have five total pressures, two hits, three hurries. But really, then you know the rest of the, the team didn't. You know, there's either getting a lot of cleanup type pressures and stuff like that, where where Glennon was just kind of drifting deep in the pocket. Um, but also at the same time, it's like when you, and this is why you you kind of need to have a good secondary to pair with a good pass or just at least a pass rush to make your pass rush look better because a good secondary makes forces that quarterback to hold on to the ball for a half second longer. And then that rush can get there. Um, and I think there are a number of cases in this game where that was the case. And look, Lennon was getting rid of the ball with, with in the timing of the play. And so he wasn't getting pre- the pressure that you'd want to get on him because he is a statue back there. Um, but there are, were times where the Browns defense and, and the secondary would force Glennon to hold on to the ball longer than he wanted. And one of the big parts of that was when on the two, last two-point conversion of the game, they forced him to hold the ball longer and he had to bail out of the pocket and try to buy some more time. You do that, you're, 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 especially against a guy like Mike Glennon, you're, you're in golden situation there because there's no way he's getting to the edge over a, a safety. So, um <laughs> Yeah, the defensive line, they definitely need – I think the promising thing is that Livy Vernon looks like his old self. He's looking like he's a disrupt, He's back to that disruptive piece on the edge. And when Miles Garrett comes back to this you know, this next game, hopefully, that will that will have a, a one-two punch and, on the edge that will really be beneficial moving forward for the rest of the season into, into the stretch run. Um, You'd like to you'd like to see you know Sheldon Richardson get back to his former self, and then Adrian Claiborne to be that productive player in the you know Adrian Claiborne had, had actually had five pressures in this game, but a lot of them were of that cleanup variety. So you'd like to see him to get back to where why they signed him in the offseason, which he had a, one of the highest win rates in the NFL over the past three seasons. Um, he's not doing that this year, so um, you know maybe maybe he can he can. With with Garrett and Olivia Vernon both getting after it, he's going to see a lot more one on ones and it gets easier one on ones for himself. That's, I mean, I, I guess what you're hoping for, and maybe this is an advantage to the defensive line here. Look, you know, guys, find ways to succeed without 95 around. And guess what? If you start feeling good about yourself, maybe when 95 comes back, you know, everybody's like, all right, you know, I mean, you're going to find a way to do it. Um, I think Claiborne. Look, I, I think just with the second week. And with the amount of, you know, reps, you know, maybe, you know, obviously with his age or whatever, maybe it's a little bit more than you're asking for, which is exactly is not why you signed him. And you were hoping to have Porter Gustin to kind of offset this, at least when Miles was out, but then you lose him as well. But John, we talked about, you know, we talked about last week, you know, you're, you were going to need somebody here to step up with this opportunity, you know, with this week. I mean, the amount of guys who were missing and look, uh, you know, hey, a certain linebacker took himself to – he's no longer the second worst in the NFL. He's now third. But Andrew Sandejo, um, look, there was a missed tackler too. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, James Robinson from the Jaguars, nice little running back. He's going to have a nice little nice little career down there. But Andrew really Sandejo – that guy. I like that. He impressed me. I, I hadn't fully studied him yet, and I know I'm yep. going off a tangent here, but he impressed me with this vision for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, he's just, and it's, he was like just smart, simple, calculating, and you know, it's here, it's given, and you know, ran hard, obviously, and when ran through contact on a lot of you know opportunities. But Sandejo, uh, you know, whether it was a broken up play in the end zone, the two point, uh, look for you know, it is what it is at this point with Andrew Sandejo, but you needed somebody, and look, you know, a ten year NFL veteran. I mean, you know, you hate to say, you know, when you're saying we need somebody to step up here, and in this kind of case, you're delicately pointing the finger like uh hey you 10-year nfl vet who's not really been doing too much this year uh if it's not going to be you I, I don't think it's going to be the robert jackson's of the world i don't think it's going to be the tv or thomas's of the world uh andrew i mean look i know we ain't paying you a ton but can we at least get one game out of you where you do a couple things to help us wad our way through the mud so to speak uh, and he did it and um, he was second highest graded defender for the browns yesterday with a 71.1 Coverage, 74.2. Obviously had um, a big pass breakup in the end zone, had another one in, you know, almost interception on that two-point conversion. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of what you wanted from him. Um, and you were thinking you, you're going to get that in half the snaps that he's played. But with, the obviously, the injury to, to Delpit and Carl Joseph not being the type of, uh, you know, stepping up like you, want, you thought he could be. What a waste uh, that signing turned out to be. You know, he actually, I, I don't, you know, you think about it, right? So, like, you got Ronnie Harrison, um, and he's been the starter there. But when he goes down, at least you have a guy that's not the worst. Maybe he's not great, but he's definitely not good. But he's he's at least somebody that has experience playing in the NFL. And I think there is some merit to that. Um, but he's definitely, you know, put him in the box, make him a run defender, have him rush the passer. He can do stuff like that. Try to limit his, his, you know, hide him in coverage or whatever, because you definitely don't want him. Uh, you know, he gave up two touchdowns yesterday for a pass rating, 158.3 or whatever. But if you can limit his uh, ability in coverage, he can be an okay guy out there and whatever. Right. But Sandejo stepped up in a big way yesterday, like just like you needed him to do. Um, and hopefully that gives him confidence moving forward. Um, and hopefully you can get Ronnie Harrison back, you know, quickly. I don't know if it's a broken clavicle. It looked like, to me, it looked like it was a broken clavicle on, on, in the, when it happened in the game. I don't know if the MRI came back and I haven't, I didn't hear. But it um, seems, I'll be honest. So it does seem weird though, because, and Pete and I talked about this yesterday on the post game show. Look, as long as you've been around the game, I've been around the game, Pete been coaching the game forever. It did seem pretty obvious. Um, unless, there was, and this will lead to my next question. Maybe it was something that did not want to be divulged due to a certain free agent acquisition that the Browns were able to claim today in Tedrick Thompson. Maybe you didn't want to announce that in case somebody who, you know, whether they are in front of you in the waiver order, um, and right now that could include the Baltimore Ravens. Um, yeah, did it seem like a <laughs> did it seem like a broken collarbone? Yeah, I mean we've all been around football for a long, long time. It's it's a pretty di- easy injury to diagnose. I'm wondering if maybe they didn't want to basically show their hold card, be that as it may. But you know, some thoughts more. You know where you were going with this, and then you know let everybody know about new safety Tedrick Thompson. Uh I didn't. Even, I didn't even. I was so busy with my work today, I didn't realize that they had uh, claimed Tedrick Thompson. So that yes. makes sense. Stills Stills was not claimed. He was not claimed at the $2 million. So Texans get to eat the $2 million, and Kenny Stills can basically – and this is probably going to roll out the Browns because you got to think, you know, there's going to be, you know, 
there's going to be a bigger opportunity ring shopping wise for Kenny Stills to chase down. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So with, with, I mean, the secondary, right. You hopefully you're hoping that maybe Ronnie Harrison is going to be okay, but I think they realized that they needed more help in the, in the secondary, regardless of if, if Harrison is going to be uh, out for the rest of the season with a broken clavicle, which I think it is, or if it's, something just different where he can maybe play through it with a, they, they just wanted to give him rest or whatever. Um, Tedrick Thompson coming in, he was, you know, a guy from Seattle Seahawks drafted in the fourth round 2017. He's never been um, really good. I mean, he was, he had one year, he was a 67.2 for, you know, the second year in the league, but uh, you know, in 2019 last year, he, he was really bad for at a 48.3 in coverage uh, he's played you know, 93 snaps with the Kansas City Chiefs this year. He was obviously cut uh, 54.8. So I think he's, so he's a, improving. He's a, what's that? <laughs> so he was improving. <laughs> yeah, so he was improving, right? So I, I think he's he's a person in there you can you you need you need to be able to probably to bring in to go. Hey, we need help in the secondary in case we keep having injuries. I think that is pretty obvious, and I think it's just a. Uh, he's a guy with experience in the NFL that can, you know, maybe do something for you. Cause I, I think he was a, I mean, he's not a fast guy. He's not a, um, you know, I, I think he was a guy that was really, he was part of that secondary in Colorado with, with Kevin King and, and Witherspoon, right? Othello, uh, Akella went, well, not Kevin saying he was you dub, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like th- that was a really good secondary in Colorado. So maybe he could, he could oh, no, find really that. With the Falcons, I think. Well, I don't, remember. I don't know. The other corners with the Falcons. I can't, I'm, I'm missing on the name, but go ahead. Yeah. So I think um, you're hoping that maybe you can find something in there and, and maybe, you know, he's got experience in NFL, which is good enough for me. It really kind of is. He, he, he won't be a, hopefully not a, an absolute sieve. And maybe you can find some type of role into special teams with for him, at least for right now. Well, and the other thing is, look, let's be honest. His name could have been safety, blah, 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 blah. And if he was available on the waivers right now, and maybe there's an injury to Ronnie Harrison, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, you know, Brown signed, you know, like it, like Madden in the old days when he used to like go to the draft. Safety, you know, Bill Smith, uh, you know, Ted, whatever. Yeah, like, I mean, they need a safety. So, uh, you know. With that, you bring in, uh, you know, obviously whatever is available to you. And, you know, I don't know, maybe Javante Moffitt gets an opportunity. Uh, there were times he had a couple of picks from Baker Mayfield uh, in some scrimmage situations over the summer. But you're going to need something there. And, you know, fingers crossed, obviously, hoping the best to hear on Ronnie Harrison how this works out. But mm, for the time being, obviously, you know, certainly uh, not, you know, hoping for the best, but certainly concerned. I'm going to flip the page here uh, in a sec here. Talk a little Titans as, you know, now it's, look, I mean, it's going to be crunch time here. Two big ones. Uh, looks like to be two gimmies. And then, of course, you know, closing it out with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we'll see, I mean, you know, if Pittsburgh ever plays any more games, uh, we'll see exactly uh, how much week 17, week 18, week 19, week 20, whatever the hell it will be, will matter the Pittsburgh Steelers. Build Go makes you the best at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Breakthrough with Go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power through the back nine. Or put it in your pocket just when you hit a rough spot to get through your day. Three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. 
How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks it to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen protein promotes joint soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, all caps, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Don, we're flipping the script here. And look, uh, you know, Tennessee, everything is kind of clicking uh, you know, I was hoping to hear that maybe, you know, Derrick Henry with all the work and success yesterday, you know, maybe, you know, a little, little, little wear and tear on the tires, not hearing that, um, no Jadavian Clowney, but still a very, very formidable defensive line secondary. Uh, but look, you can't run, you can't hide from these matchups. Well, it's great to be eight and three. It's great that you've gotten to be able to, you know, kick off a couple of, uh, you know, one double a school, so to speak here the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it's not prime time, but essentially it's prime time. Uh, right now, you know, and everybody, oh, you know, they're being disrespected. The Titans are favored by four. Uh, you get three points for being the home team. I got to be honest. I think that line's a little generous Cleveland-wise to this point. Um, the last time these two teams faced was week one last year and all fell apart and unraveled quite quickly. Uh, as far as the powers that be for the Browns, they are no longer here. So that week one matchup means nothing to them. Maybe to some of the players it does. Uh, it's going to be a big one. Um, and, you know, I, I look at a player like, you know, uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, I don't know exactly how in the world they're going to counteract something like that. Uh, but look, you know, after now getting to this point of being eight and three, we talked about this going to the Pittsburgh game. You, you know, you need some measuring stick games to see where you're at. I don't know how confident and sure I am about this one, but, uh, you know, it's time to basically, you know, step up and, you know, say, look, I mean, you know, if you get to nine and three, then there's all sorts of possibilities. Um, you get to eight and four. I don't think it dampers things much, uh, but it's time to, you know, basically, you know, take a larger seat at the table and see where this team is at this regular season. Yeah. I have no idea how they're going to stop this offense. Zero. Um, well, I mean, at this point, you're getting miles back. That's fantastic. Um, he's but not a great run defender. He's 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 yeah. like a, he's he's the uh, the best pass rusher in the NFL, but he's average at run defending a run. And and saw, if you look at one linebacker that you say, I don't give a crap who you are. I'm gonna go get my nose dirty. I'll go mano a mano, even if I'm gonna lose more than I'm gonna win. It's Sione Taki Taki. It, it, right, so like you hopefully you want Malcolm it. Smith one on one with Derrick Henry? Yeah, no. oh no, that's not you good. You want yeah. So this is a. I mean, you saw what you saw what happened against the Raiders, where they just got pushed around on that on that. And this is a much better running football team than that, with a with a monster carrying that rock, um, capable of just just wrecking wrecking every single player he goes up against, and. The Browns' defense is not great at stopping the run, and if you're talking about being trying to sell out to stop this run, um, you're going to get torched behind you because because AJ Brown is an absolute hoss 
as a receiver. And Corey Davis has started to come into his own this year. AJ Brown is the equivalent at the wide receiver position of essentially what Derrick Henry is at the running position. I mean, the running back position. AJ Brown's Terrell Owens reincarnate. It's what he is. And um, it's, he can take it to house at any, any moment, just like Derrick Henry can. Um, and there's nobody, you're not going to be able to press them, press them at the line. You, you have to be able you know, the, the Browns defense is, has, Joe Woods has a really good scheme and I, I have to give him props for, for dialing up stuff the, even in this game where they gave up 26 points, still did an excellent job of, of slowing down the, the offense with a bunch of guys that you would never start in the game. Um, but this is a different animal when it comes to this offense um, because their offensive line is really good. Ryan Tannehill, I know that he, he's, he's not playing as good as he did last year, but he's still a very good quarterback um, and can hit those. You, he plays that play action game extremely well. Um, and you're going to have to be able to figure out how to get pressure on him while also honoring the run. Because if you don't honor those gaps when you're in your pass rush lanes, it, and they actually run it, those gaps open up, and you don't want to try to stop that running back with a head of steam behind him. No, very, very difficult. The thing I look at here, and, you know, and look, John, the defense has done a lot of good for the offense here. Uh, you know, there were times where they came up, where, you know, whether it was turnovers, whether it was sacks. Um, if you're even going to think about, you know, pulling this out in a victory in Nashville on Sunday, it's going to be on the offense, and this is 100% going to have to be the cleanest, the best, well-executed. And I'm not putting this on the coaching staff because the play calls have been there. This is about execution. You want to win this. A number one, you better score north of 30. Um, a number two, we can't talk about, oh, missed a couple of red zone chippies, and you walk away with a field goal. There's none of this. If, if you want to pull this off, this will have to be the the elite of the elite, the elite of the Browns offense this season. There's no other way because you cannot expect the defense, even with Miles back, to pull this off when you're going to be out Denzel Ward, most likely you're going to be out Ronnie Harrison. You're still not going to have Sione Taki Taki back. The NFL is not going to be favorable enough to push this game till whenever it fits the Browns' needs where they get some guys back, like the Ravens will have Dobbins and Mark Ingram back for Wednesday night. That's a story for another day. But you have to play to the absolute top of your abilities on the offensive side of the ball, or this could be yet another win similar to Baltimore week one, similar to the first game with Pittsburgh where it could be over before it started. Yeah. Um, and this is a defense. This is, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers type defense and the, how their zone Jeffrey Simmons is a dude. Landry is a dude. It doesn't even matter that Clowney's not going to be there. They had a great defense before they even brought him in. Yes, and and the the system the system is the type of system that really screws up Baker. So you have to you have to be able to protect him by being able to run the ball and utilizing that play action boot and getting him outside the pocket and giving him easy reads to get him into that rhythm. Because this is a defense that will. I mean, we saw it last year. He did he did play well in the first three quarters, but then it then it unraveled and you have to be able to try to figure out how to keep it, keep them close. And you have to just be able to, you have to have, be able to run this ball efficiently and just basically have games similar to both Bengals games where they really just 
I mean, everything was clicking on all cylinders, and that's against the Bengals because it's a def- it's a much easier defense. So, um, I, I can I can have faith in this running game to be able to keep keep everything on schedule. It's just a matter of can good Baker show up, and we've seen we've seen that this year that good Baker can show up, but this defense is the type of defense that he really really struggles against. So, um, if he really rises to the occasion in this game. You know that'll be that'll be the most impressive game if he can if he can rise to the occasion. This it will be the most impressive game of the year if he does that because of how how tough it is for this for him to play against the defenses like this. No, I mean this is you know for him. I mean you want to get people to stop chirping. This is this is the week to do it. This is certainly uh, you know to get everybody to say okay, well Baker is in with everybody else as far as the offense. He is John Costco, senior uh, analyst over at PFF. Um, and love having John on, and honestly, I, I just love the relationship we have. Love talking ball with him, so always appreciative. At John Costco three, uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Uh, the show itself, Lockdown Browns, iTunes, Spotify, uh, guys, ratings, reviews. These are things that help this show grow. As I'm here busting my butt, giving you guys the best coverage I can. Eight and three through week. 11. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.